When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think I've said this before, and I assume this will be how I feel up until we see it for the first time. I actually want Coyle to center Marshawn and DeBrusque. And I would prefer yeah. to have Van Riemsdyk, Zaka, Pasternak. Call either one of those the first line, doesn't really matter. One of those is the second line. Um, and that way things are more spread out. And then you're not asking one guy to drive the second line. Like you're, you know, you, you have, if you have Coyle centering Marshawn and DeBrusque, the, each game somebody different on that line might be able to be the guy that steps up because Coyle um, defensively is really good and, and and he can drive games at times, including in the playoffs when he was moved up when Bergeron and Krejci were out. So I think that balances things better and then you're not asking so much of, say, DeBrusque um, and, and you know, you keep him with Marshawn I tend to think that's the better option. And then you also are able to keep Zaka with pasta and hope Van Riemsdyk uh, balances that line out well enough. And he's kind of the veteran on that line. That's what I think would work best. Obviously we haven't seen it yet. So uh, that'll, that'll be the, the consideration that has to be made. Yeah. I, I agree that that makes a lot of sense because what we're ta- what we're talking about before, we're like, there's a chance where that second line of, uh, Van Reems like coiled DeBrusque go silent. Like then you're you're looking at the 2021-22 team, um, pre, you know the shakeup that moved Pasternak off the perfection line, put him with Eric Halla, and like then you finally started to get a second line going. Um, you know you could be looking at a situation like that. And on DeBrusque, also worth noting, a contract year for him. He's entering the final year of his deal, and you know. He's obviously looking for for a payday. Like this could potentially, if he has a really good season, his next contract could potentially be the biggest payday of his career. And, um, you know, I saw something in in the Athletic uh, that they did this week on. It was like on contract efficiency, which is basically you know which teams have guys signed to the best deals and aren't you know throwing away money on contracts that project to to be bad or, you know, players who aren't projected to live up to their contracts. And the Bruins still ranked fourth in the NHL. So it, the main takeaway there isn't necessarily that they have, like, the fourth best roster or anything. It's that they don't have many bad contracts or certainly not anything that they're tied into long-term that's going to hurt them. Um, but while looking at that, DeBrusque's value based on, just based on this model, which comes from the Athletics' dumb Lucision, who's, like, their super advanced stats guy um, based on like last year and projecting going forward, his value is 8.2 million, which I don't think Jake DeBrus is going to get unless he like really goes off for like a 40 goal season or something. But there certainly is a scenario where he has another good year and he's looking at, you know, he's making 4 million right now looking at like a pay jump to the six, six and a half range, you know, something like a Taylor Hall contract, like, you know, let's be honest. He he was more productive than Taylor Hall last year. 
Um, now part of that's the line he's playing on, but I also don't think it's a stretch at all to say that he just straight up had a better season. Um, you know, so he has that in play too. And yeah, whether that's, you know, playing with Martian and Coyle and helping to elevate that line because we know Coyle isn't Bergeron or on, you know, what Coyle, Van Reems, like whatever it is where he's the go-to guy on a second line, like, yeah, it's, it's a huge year for him, both because of his role on the team and what he's going to mean to their success this year, because you can't just have Pasternak and Marchand providing all the offense. Other guys have to step up and DeBrusque should be, you know, him and Zaka, like the third and fourth guys in terms of pr- production, um, you know, and he has a huge opportunity here to, you know, to help the team and also help himself going forward and earn, you know, a, a sizable payday. And in, he's another storyline, not just for the on the ice stuff this season, but because of the contract coming up, he's, if, if they're buyers or sellers, you know, say the Bruins are not as good as we expect them to be. They're not a playoff team. They become sellers. Do they sell Jake DeBrusque? Do they extend him during the season? Do they wait for free agency to start and he kind of just gets to go out there and find his price. That's another storyline that has nothing to do with how the team, well, with how he's playing necessarily um, because those are, those are more off the ice things. And um, besides maybe the being traded at the deadline, if he's created value for another team that might want him. Um, And we've mentioned before about adding a center. Maybe that's what route they go at some point during the season. We don't know yet. They maybe they'll be buyers. We don't know. So, uh, just another storyline with him. Actually, uh, funny, funny enough, I was just looking at Taylor Hall's statistics was when you brought up the fact that DeBrusco performed last year. It's interesting that last year it, the Bruins were so dynamic offensively and and all all around. He only had thirty six points last year. Taylor Hall did, and I and I and I know he, I know he was playing a lot of third line minutes and whatnot, but. Uh, yeah, I find that interesting. Now he played 61 games, so he didn't play a full 82 game season. But and in, in any event, I guess what I'm saying is, um, yeah, like like Jake DeBrusque, you know, in the future could definitely uh, be making be making six six million dollars if he if he has a good year. Uh, and yeah, Bridget, to your point, we'll see how the year shakes out, and maybe maybe they are selling Jake DeBrusque at the at the deadline. And um, you know, it's it's never great to to give away uh, a top six talent, but. Mm-hmm. But you know, he, if you if you don't think you're going to be able to re-sign him, then you exactly. got to get something back. Exactly, and so and we'll so we'll, and that's that's definitely a uh, cross that bridge when we get to it. But you're right, that's that's that, that's why like the, the, I don't know. There's an excitement level to this season of like I have no idea what to expect right now. This this season's like a mystery airhead. I have no idea what flavor is coming out of this package right now. It is insane. Um, question for you guys: Do you think the Bruins ideally want to be spending? And allocating around ten million dollars in goaltending next season, if if Swayman were to get a pay raise, and you're paying Allmark five million, I know the cap's going to go up. I know they're going to have, you know, more cap space available for them next season. But is that an ideal figure to be spending on goaltending around ten million? Whether it's I know some some goal, some teams spend almost ten million for one goalie, um, but I'm just going to ask you guys that question. No, I don't, I don't really think it is. Uh... You know, we we talked this offseason about, hey, if the right deal's out there, you know, it might be time to to trade Allmark, you know, 
mostly we focus on Allmark, but I guess potentially Swayman. Yeah, if Swayman's going to get a, if he has another really good season, you are probably looking at a jump into the four and a half, five million dollar salary range. And yeah, I don't, I don't think that's ideal, especially if, you know, I'll say Brandon Bussey because he's probably the most notable, but say Bussey's ready. Like ultimately between Bussey, Kyle Kaiser, Michael DiPietro, like if any of those guys are ready, you can't bury them in the minus forever. So that's an easy way to get cheaper at the position. So yeah, I think trading a goalie, whether it's, you know, if they fade this year and they're not really in it come trade deadline time, it could be then or next summer when Allmark's going into the final year of his deal. Like, I think that's absolutely on the table and it's not even, you know, look, having a great goaltending duo is awesome. And if Allmark and Swayman are even 90% of what they were last year, then the Bruins are still going to win a lot of games and pretty comfortably be a playoff team. Like really good goaltending gets you that far. Um, But at some point, yeah, having $10 million tied up in that position um, is gets harder to justify. And, you know, especially if you're a team that's going to be looking for a one or two center and you're going to need money to be able to do that because that's going to be an expensive player. Um, yeah, that's an, a very obvious spot to potentially deal away from. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I have no interest in spending that much money on goaltending. I don't think you need to. Uh, yeah, in a year like this where offense might be a challenge for Boston outside of David Pasternak, uh, you're going to need that goaltending when, when this is your roster. But you don't need you don't need to be spending. If And look, I'm not trying to pull a recency bias and look around the league. And I know, I mean, you just, you just don't. I mean, Tampa Bay, look. They had Andre Vasilevsky, sure, but, you know, uh, and they paid him whatever he was worth because he was the best goaltender in the world. But you just – you see it with Vegas this past year. Like, you saw you saw it with St. Louis with Bennington. You've seen it in Chicago. Chicago won three cups, and I think they did it with two goalies or three goalies. I don't even know. I think it was two, three, two. Um, you know, it's just you, – you just you, – you can find – you can find goaltending. It's the most important position on the ice, but it's not the most – you, you can, you can, you can, you can find good goaltending uh, a lot easier than you can find, or at least serviceable goaltending. If you have, a, if you have a, a good starter, you can find, you can find a replaceable. I mean, look, honestly, look at the Bruins in the last like decade. I mean, when they, when they had, when they were spending all that money on two grass, like they had no choice but to spend cheaper backups. I mean, look at the roll decks of guys that they, that, that, that were on the Bruins um, behind two Rask since call it 2014. I mean, I'll, I'll miss some names, but you had Alex Ald, you had uh, Anton Hudobin, you had uh, uh, Yaroslav Halak. There's probably a couple other guys I'm just blanking on. Svedberg. Svedberg. Uh, uh, what's his name in uh, – what's it, Calgary? Vladar. Um, Vladar. I mean, look, I just think if you find your guy and if their guy's swimming, I just think you say uh, you, you might just try to move Walmart at some point next year. Um but anyway, I agree with you, Scott. I don't think you need to spend $10 million next year. So if, if, if Swayman's getting a pay raise next year from Boston, then Allmark's got to go. But that's not for that's not for this year. I was more so talking about next year. So you're saying only one more season at goalie hugs? Mm-hmm. And I don't think there'll be uh, 61 of them this year or whatever. <laughs> Probably <laughs> not. What did we have last year, 65 in regular season? 
six yeah. months old. Okay. I don't think. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I think they ended up at sixty-five. <laughs> yeah, they'll probably they'll, they'll they'll be lucky if they end up around. They'll probably end up around forty-five to fifty goalie hugs this year, probably if they're. I mean, if they're lucky with the fifty, I mean, probably around forty-five, and they'll need some. Yeah. Anyway, but yes, probably the last season of goalie hugs, regardless of how many there are. Okay, guys, any any final takeaways from this week? Uh, the one big story to kind of keep an eye on around the league right now is that um, the whole Hockey Canada scandal from the like World Junior team several years ago. Uh, there was a report this morning from uh, Andy Strickland on from the Cam and Strick podcast that he's hearing that five notable players around the NHL are going to be suspended as a result of this sexual assault investigation. Um, I think it was the 2019 world junior team. Um, he, 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 weird, he like worded it in a weird way where he said like he's heard the names, but he's not going to share them or whatever. Um, but that's going to, none of them are Bruins. So no, you know, no direct Bruins tie, but uh, if you if you look just look like at that team, there's some pretty big names on that roster, and a bunch, some of those guys have already been cleared because they weren't even like at this event where it took place. Um, but yeah, not 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 a good story, but something that seems to kind of be coming down the pike in the next little bit before the season starts. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of one that has been on the back burner for a while. So. The like new news on that is is going to be interesting. Impossible to you know really think of speculate on who. So we'll have to wait um, to see when that comes out. But that I mean, five notable players you said, Scott. But that doesn't mean it's just five players. Like it could be more. True. Yeah. I mean, because yeah, I do think there's a couple guys from that team who like aren't in the NHL anymore. So I don't. Mm-hmm. I, don't guess they wouldn't qualify as notable. I mean, I don't know, but yeah, very obviously bad situation. And, you know, I'm certainly not going to guess or speculate on the names, but um, yeah, that was so a little bit of news that broke like shortly before we, we started recording. Yep. Yeah. And I, I don't really have anything that, that we haven't already covered. Um, This is mostly a uh, arbitration slash avoiding arbitration conversation. And, um, I know we also talked a lot about what the lineup looks like. Um, we didn't talk at all about the defense, but that's because that's the one area where there should be a little bit less drama. Um, goaltending, too, like that, there shouldn't be anything dramatic going on with goaltending. You wouldn't think those are two really good goalies, both locked up now. Um, I trust both of them. Defense, feel like you trust still. So the the drama comes with the mix matched lines up in the forward group so um yeah i guess that's that's our takeaway for today yeah i mean up on the back end i mean take out the 20 games from Morlock you had in the, after the deadline last year in the playoffs i mean you're it's the same defense in the same goaltending you're just replacing connor clifton with kevin shattenkirk i mean one through six they're they're still they're they're, they're i mean in my opinion they're still a top five decor in the league i mean arguably top three probably. So it's just a matter of, uh, it's a matter of upfront for me. Now, can they, can they have a bad year? Sure. But, but there's no, there's nothing based on the personnel 
and what I've seen out of them as a group for the last handful of years, um, even without Hampus Lindholm, um, before he came to Boston, like their track record speaks for itself. The defense and the goaltending should, shouldn't be a question. Um, there might be some off nights, but overall, they shouldn't be a question. It's up front where they, this team has to carry the weight um, more so than maybe what the personnel is projecting. Also, one – so I just noticed this, and I don't know when they updated it, but cap-friendly currently, it's like if people are happen to look while listening, uh, they do have the Bruins under the cap right now, but that's because they, they sent down Jason Magna from the forward group. Um, so they do have a 22-man roster, and – I think so. They have eight defensemen on the Bruins NHL roster. I, I would think the Bruins would be more likely to have 13 forwards, seven defensemen than 12 forwards, eight defensemen. Um, so that's why, like, I talk as if Lauko's on the NHL roster, or you could, you know, if you think someone's going to beat him out or whatever, but a 13th forward in there, um, which is why we mentioned earlier, like, you could send, you could wave Ian Mitchell. Or I guess if like Jacob Zaboral has a bad camp, it could be him. Um, either one of those guys has to go through waivers. So you do risk losing them if if you waive them. Um, obviously, if they go unclaimed, you can then send them to Providence. But uh, yeah, just wanted to clarify. That's why, you know, we were talking about potentially sending a defenseman down, even though uh, cap friendly does say that the Bruins are under the cap right now. All right. Great clarification there from Scott, as always, before we before we wrap it up. So if you guys have nothing else, I think that'll probably do it. So thank you all very much for listening and we will talk to you very soon.